So thank you. Welcome, everybody. My name is Amber Winston, and welcome to the Return of Ritual online show. For those of you who have been listening to this for a while, you know that this all started around my curiosity um, and really my observation about how sacred rituals have really kind of lost their way in our modern society. And when you start to take a look at any ancient civilization or society or community, you really start to see that ceremony, ritual, were really at the heart or the center of those communities. And it's really my mission to talk to experts and figure out a way that we can start to bring sacred ritual back into our modern Western daily existence. And so today on the show, I have an amazing guest that I actually met through a mutual friend. Um, and she is, has just like a wealth of knowledge. And I'm really happy to welcome Tessa Bowman to the show today. She's a certified nutrition consultant and certified health coach with a special focus. And I love her focus. Um, it's on non-toxic living and pregnancy health. Three years ago, she actually partnered with The Beauty Counter, which is a skincare company uh, dedicated to cleaning up the beauty industry. So welcome, Tessa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Great. So the first question I have is a little bit of an icebreaker. Um, what is your sign? What is my sign? Yes. I'm a cancer. You're a cancer. And how do you relate to your sign at all in any way? In some ways, yes. And in some ways, no. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of people can relate to certain things. Um, and then others are like, I'm not really too sure about that whole thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Some, 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 um, spot on, but. <laughs> wonderful. So the first, um, you know, real question that I, I have for you is, could you just walk us through kind of what your ideal morning, and I say ideal because every day is different, but what is your ideal morning or evening ritual? What does that look like for you? Oh, that's a good one. So my ideal <laughs> right now, it's a little different with a five month old that wakes me up every morning, but ideally, and actually I've been trying to bring this into my day, even though it may not be the full expression of what I want to do, but just waking up and giving gratitude, um, mm. for the day to God, for our blessings, for all of everything we have. So I've been trying to do that in the mornings. Uh, I think it's really important to start the day off in gratitude and, positive mindset. And so yeah, for me, honestly, uh, ideal morning would be waking up, um, some prayer, some meditation, setting intention, and then movement. I think that's mm -hmm. something that, uh, sun salutations movement is so important. And it's something that I'm not doing right now. <laughs> and my body's talking back to me since I'm not doing it. So. So it's inviting you like, hey, we need to start moving a little bit. Yeah. And you mentioned that you have a five month old. And so I, I would love to have you kind of expand a little bit on that, um, because I'm sure that there's a transition that kind of happens for people who maybe don't have children yet, and then they have children. How does how did you kind of navigate your pre children life of your rituals and your um, daily habits to now like, having these little ones like how did you manage that transition I, I feel like it's a continuous transition it's not like this was my life before and this is my life now it's constantly changing and this is my mm -hmm. second child so I have two sons so 
it, it's really, it's interesting to watch it because yeah, before children, I would, um, you know, we would go to church a lot more. We would work out. I could work out whenever I wanted to. I was able to grocery shop all the time. And I actually said to my husband <laughs> yesterday, I said, what did we do on our weekends before children? I honestly don't remember, but they're obvious, you know, there's, you, you're your own boss. And now I still am my own boss, but I also have two other human beings that I'm taking care of all the time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really changed a lot. And it's funny because I've, I've given myself a lot of grace this, um, postpartum period because the first child, I feel like it's still a lot easier to incorporate. You still can take time away. Um, and with two, it gets a little more complicated. So even for me, my, um, I don't like to overuse self-care, but my body, like I said, is it speaking to me. So I'm trying to go and get massages and that's just a little way of taking care of myself so I can feel better throughout the day and help, you know, I'm more present if I'm not in pain and I can give more love and attention to everybody. So we're still navigating it. My goal next month is to bring back in, um, exercising and working out, just really gentle, just moving, stretching. Uh, cause I think, it's so beneficial and I feel so much better when I do it. I just haven't made time for it yet. So <laughs> that's my goal coming up, but it's the only thing certain is uncertainty. I think with kids in the best way and just being open to ch constant change. And once, once you're, you finally find a groove, then the groove changes. So and it's kind of like life anyway. So. Absolutely. And what I love that you shared was, um, that your body was telling you something. And I feel like for so many of us, um, we're, we're living outside of our bodies in a sense where we're distracted all the time by technology, by social media, by whatever else. And what I've observed is that we tend to not really be in tune with what the body is asking of us. Um, so I think that that's really special that you've, you're very aware of what the body is inviting in. Do you have um, any tips for anybody of how you've kind of built that trust or that awareness with your own body? Um, just many years of just kind of quieting your mind and, and body, like you said, and just listening to it and paying attention. I'm, I've always been, and I think this is a cancer trait, very sensitive and very intuitive with my body. And I mean, from knowing what I need to like I can look at, this just sounds so silly, but I can like look at a kombucha and be like, which kombucha would better serve me right now? It's like to that degree, you know, like I can, I'm really in tune with what my body craves with, with what it needs. And, um, so that's, uh, I don't know. I feel like just, it, it takes time and it, it just, uh, it's been many years of just kind of trying to really prioritize, um, my health really. And that's what I've done. And I, I, you know, I definitely laid the groundwork before children <laughs> and I'm still just trying to carry it through and I'm going to the mm -hmm. chiropractor, I'm doing pelvic floor therapy, all of that stuff to help take care of my body. I think it's really important where, you know, I'm in my thirties. I still hopefully have <laughs> uh, many more years here. So trying to start, you know, set the uh, routine of listening to your body and taking care of it now. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your journey. I'm, I'm very curious because you're, you sound, you know, you are prioritizing your health and that is such a inspiring statement. Um, I'm curious to know kind of how you've gotten to this place where you are 
you know, your special focus is non-toxic living, pregnancy health. Like, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey or your road to kind of getting to where you are today? Yes. So 10 years ago, actually, it was funny. My body was talking to me. So uh, what actually sparked everything was I was having severe symptoms uh, or reactions to eating food. And I was pretty sure it was gluten, but I, but I got a blood test done and it said it, I, I didn't have any allergies. And I said, well, once again, I said, you know, I'm listening to my body. I know there's such a clear thing happening here. And the doctors were saying, no, 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 it's not. So I finally found a, a chiropractor who's a nutritionist as well, um, clinician, and she was able to run better tests. And we realized I was allergic to gluten and dairy and soy. So but that was 10 years ago. So I always joke that I found out I was gluten-free before it was trendy, but I know you can relate to real symptoms with gluten. So it's just back then I just had this whole world open to me and it was such a journey of just trying to get the help I needed and realizing that I had to be an advocate for myself. (laughs) And I had to say, actually, I don't think this is right. I, I know what I'm feeling. It's happening. I know this test is saying it. So, and you know, and I did, I, you don't necessarily need a test to confirm something, but I, I cut it out. I've been gluten-free for 10 years, but if, um, if I have it, I will. So actually what happened was I broke out from head to toe in psoriasis just almost mm-hmm. overnight, like completely covered in big dots. It was pretty crazy. And that was the, really what pushed me to get the help I needed. But when this world of like of gluten-free eating opened up to me, it kind of just um, pushed me on this path of, I saw, you know, it was so hard for me to get help. I can't imagine. And I felt, because I felt like, we, you know, I live in a healthy city. I feel like we're very progressive in San Diego. I was able to get help I need, but I, it was just crazy. I just, I knew like right away, like, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. So I went back to school and I um, became a nutritionist and then uh, I would actually podcasts have played a huge role in my learning and uh, commuting to work seven years ago. I listened to podcasts all the time. I learned so much. They'd have amazing um, experts in every field on the podcasts I would listen to. And it really, um, I remember listening to podcasts that talked about epigenetics, which is affecting the expression of your genes, that we are in control of that, which was completely mind-blowing to me through diet changes, through lifestyle, and through stress, that we can actually affect how genes are expressed in our children is just completely blew my mind. And so that is what really put me on the path to helping um, or to wanting to help people with pregnancy health, uh, because I just see so much infertility happening. And then it was just kind of a natural part of preparing your body and trying to do everything to be as healthy as possible, that non-toxic living just came in because the more industrialized we become, the more chemicals we're being exposed to everywhere we turn. And I, I think it's, it's just so important to just be conscious and aware of what we're bringing into our home, what we're putting into our body, what we're using in our home. And that it just, it all kind of really fell naturally into place of me just saying, well, this is my path. And, you know, when I first became a nutritionist, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then I heard that podcast and it just really, it got me researching and reading books. And then um, it's just, it's really all fallen into place. So I, it's been about 
eight years since um, I first became a nutritionist and I went back and became a health coach. And now I'm actually in an advanced hormone course right now. So really getting into the nitty gritty of hormones because that plays a big part, obviously, in fertility and getting pregnant. So that's kind of my journey and how I got here. Mm, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, you know, it's funny because, like I had mentioned earlier, we do have a mutual friend. And when I did get my diagnosis back that I had um, a severe gluten allergy, I, that kind of rocked my world because it had been so long that I was trying to get to the root of what was going on. And I remember um, our mutual friend just saying, you know, she has, Tessa has so many resources for you. And I can only imagine 10 years ago, you going through that and how different and hard probably that was, um, you know, and to your point, we are so blessed now that restaurants are coming on board and, you know, they're providing gluten-free options. So, wow, it's really, you know, you pioneered through, through that. And I just love that you're so open-hearted and wanting to share and help other people and be that resource. Cause you know, it's very confusing and shocking for those of us who kind of get this information. It's like, what do I do next? Yes. And even for me, I was, I grew up Italian and I joke, like I really thought my life was over and never being able to have pasta again. Or, and then I realized there's gluten-free pasta. There's many, many alternatives now, but um, it was a complete and total life change. I mean, I, I, I thought my life was over. <laughs> I mean, not to be oh, it, it was, it was really crazy when I found out, but now it's, I don't even think twice about it, but um yeah, back then I had to buy cookbooks or that was my only way to learn how to do gluten-free cooking. It's just crazy how much it's really progressed and all the resources we have now, which is a blessing. So that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, so for some of you guys that are listening to this, you're probably wondering, okay, so how, how is food a ritual? How mm -hmm. is beauty a ritual? Um, and I think food and beauty, I mean, food probably number one is one of the most sacred rituals that we can be engaging with in a, on a daily basis. What are we feeding ourselves? How consciously are we doing that? What are we feeding our families? Um, so Tessa, do you have any tips on that maybe you can share about how you're preparing food or your, what is your ritual of eating and dining and um, preparing meals for your children? It's, it's actually really interesting. And one of my favorite uh, uh, lectures in nutrition school was uh, Ayurveda, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but yep. really just it, focusing so much on the ritual of eating because we've lost that so much. Even having your phone and looking at your phone or having your TV on, even if it's just in the background, it's interfering with the ritual of eating and it's really interesting actually how your brain works and how much more we eat when we're not actually paying attention to what we're eating and chewing and slowing down and savoring each bite and all of that it's really interesting and i'm not going to say i do that every single night because i don't but especially when i'm trying to <laughs> juggle everything but um i take a lot of uh, care in the food i bring into our house and I know organic, you know, everything doesn't have to be organic, but yes, do I focus on really good quality? I do. And, and it's really interesting too. They actually talk a lot about like the energy that's brought in with the food you bring too within the food. Mm -hmm. So how it was harvested, who am I supporting when I buy food? I eat meat, but I try to, well, I do. I absolutely only buy the most ethically 
treated animals, organic, free range isn't good enough, you know, pasture raised. And it's, it's really, to me, it's really important to make sure I'm only bringing the best into our home. So the way I look at it as is, yes, it's a little more of a cost now, but I truly believe it's a, a food is medicine and it's a form of medicine and making this investment now is going to affect our health for the better and keep us health healthier longer and keep us out of the doctor's offices and off prescriptions that we'd and surgeries that we'd have to be paying for and for our children i i actually take a lot of thought into what i feed my son especially the first two years of life is really fundamental in establishing their gut health and their health for the rest of their lives um and so wow. i mean it was feeding my son liver and, <laughs> and uh, sardines and, th and you know, uh, letting him chew on grass-fed meat, things that truly feed, looking at the micronutrients and everything and completely focusing on that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's important to us to sit down and eat as a family every night. We, I t do my best to keep the TV off. Sometimes there's really important football games on that I we leave on mute. But when I'm at the pool, <laughs> I it, it's it's funny, especially again coming from an Italian family. Like eating is such a a sacred time and a time to connect. And there's something about sitting down over a meal that just naturally makes people feel more comfortable and more at ease and more likely to connect. So, yeah. We put a lot of thought, I put a lot of thought into the meals and the food and everything that's coming in our house. I think that that's, that's such a um, nice reminder of, you know, food preparation doesn't start in your kitchen. It actually starts when you're at the grocery store. So it's like, what grocery stores are you supporting? Yes. What local farmers, or maybe it's farmers markets in your area that you can check out to, you know, bring the best ingredients home for your family. Um, and what I love too, Tessa, was that, you know, you're like, this doesn't happen every night, right? Like no. some nights the football game is on or, you know, the phone is ringing. And I think that that's so refreshing for us because we never want sacred ritual to feel like a chore or a burden or like another thing I have to do. And then I'm not doing my morning rituals or I'm not doing my right. evening rituals. It's more of like, let's just see what we can incorporate in. And it's not going to always be perfect, right? It's it, There's oh, going to be yeah. days where things come up and and I just love that how, how beautifully transparent and honest you were with that, especially with, you know, with young kids as well. You can have the best intentions and things go awry and that's okay. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. So we talked a little bit about food as ritual. Let's now kind of shift gears and talk a little bit about beauty as ritual. Um, because, and I, I remember I emailed you about this as well. I started to research and learn that when I got my gluten sensitivity or allergy, like a severe allergy, um, my doctor was like, be mindful of beauty products that you put on, lotions, detergents, um, dishwashing liquids, things that I didn't even think of. And, um, and I remember emailing you and saying, I love my beauty counter products that I have. And I actually like love this lipstick so much, the rose. It's like my favorite. I'm wearing it now. Um, and I was like, can you just double check for me that there's no gluten in these products? So for anybody who's listening to the, to this, um, and their mind is blown like mine was like, really there's gluten in lotion. Can you just talk a little bit about the research that you heard about toxins and beauty? And then we'll talk a little bit about beauty as a ritual. 
Sure. Yes. So um, it's funny, actually, 10 years ago, when I first learned about it, I remember vividly sitting in my room. And, and when, when I learned about what, to your point of, there's toxins in our products, there's harmful ingredients allowed in our products. I remember thinking, I was going to throw everything in the trash immediately. And then, <laughs> and then I thought, wait, hold on, I don't have enough money to replace every single item in my house right now. So I'm going to have to look at what's really harmful and then go from there. Um, but yeah, it's really surprising to a lot of people. It's extremely surprising to me that the government and the FDA don't actually regulate the skin. Well, they, they do regulate it, but very, very loosely, the skincare and beauty industry. So say there's 80,000 chemicals um, in the marketplace right now, only 10% of them are are tested for safety. And when I say chemicals, you think, oh, chemicals bad. All chemicals aren't bad, water's a chemical. So it's more um, just looking at ingredients that are potentially harmful. And so it's it's really kind of crazy once you really delve into it because lead is allowed in lipsticks. There's, um, it, it's come a long way in some ways and then other ways, there's still a lot of, of room for improvement. For example, in the United States, there's only 30 ingredients that have been banned. Um, and the last law that was passed was uh, in 1930 or 1938, I think. So uh, it's been that long since we've had a major law passed, which is really crazy. And then you look at Europe and they have 1200 ingredients banned. And then you look at Canada and they have 600 ingredients banned. So why are we so far behind on this? And so that's one of the reasons I you know, partnered with Beauty Counter because they're really working on the advocacy part where as consultants, we go and actually meet with local congressmen. We are really pushing for stricter laws to be passed. So that protect us. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. It can feel very overwhelming, but there's a ton of studies that have been done and the research is really there that a lot of the ingredients that uh, we're being exposed to are, do, are, are directly linked to health issues. So whether it's fertility, whether it's um, you know, endocrine disruption, hormone disruption, brain development issues, they found that phthalates, um, which are, were in, um, uh, they used to be in Kraft mac and cheese, They're, they cause brain development issues, um, our exposure to plastics, the chemicals in those are really having um, a profound effect on sperm quality. There's just so many ways or areas when you look around, you just think it's, it's kind of crazy that these are allowed in there, but I always think, you know, you, we know better, we do better. So um, while it can feel overwhelming, I think we just look at, you know, one area at a time. And that's really how I did it. I, because I've been working at this for 10 years, um, I know to have clean candles. I know to have clean cleaning products. Or when I say clean, I mean detergent, like you said. The most important thing I try to do is just get people to be their own investigators. It, it's really nice. There's apps we have, there's uh, websites we can check. Because um, the, the number one thing is to read ingredients on the bottles. It doesn't matter if something says natural. Uh, it doesn't matter if it says, I mean, there's all these really catchy terms that actually have nothing to do with safety, like cruelty-free, vegan, gluten-free. Gluten-free actually doesn't mean a product is not harmful for you. So 
um, it's educating yourself on how to look for specific ingredients. And you don't have to know everything, but like the, the number one ingredient I always say to avoid is fragrance. And that is the one that hides in so many products. So you can find a, a deodorant and it has no aluminum and you say, oh, that's wonderful. It has no parabens, no phthalates. And then you look and it says, oh, there's still fragrance there. And, and fragrance is a carcinogen, which is a cancer causing chemical. So um, there's, there's apps now, like I said, so there's a think, an app called Think Dirty and an app called Healthy Living, which is put on by the Environmental Working Group. And you can actually scan products when you're in stores. It's not going to have every single product, but I think it has over like 70,000 products for skincare and cleaning and makeup. So you can, you know, take out your phone and scan it and it'll, it'll tell you what are the, um, potential harmful ingredients in here, what they're linked to, and then it'll, it'll rate it on, on a scale of one to 10 for safety. So, um, so yeah, that's, it, it's, it's great. We have all these resources now because, um, it is, it's just, it's overwhelming. And I think, um, I, I always say it's not one product that's going to cause an issue, but it's our exposure to a hundred things every day from our perfume, like I said, to our candles, to our cleaning products, to what's in our furniture. We, you know, we can look at our furniture and, and even get, um, what they're sprayed with. There's all these things that really add up, add up, add up. And there was a study done 10 years ago, uh, that they tested cord blood of a newborn baby. And on average, they found 188 industrial chemicals in that cord blood, which means yeah, it's shocking, which means that mm. what the mom is being exposed to, whether she's inhaling it, whether it's going on her skin, that is being absorbed to your bloodstream, which we know is true for anything we put on our body. It is absorbed into our bloodstream and getting to the baby. So, I mean, that is one of the most upsetting statistics I always remember um, when it comes to this. And so you say, does it matter? And I say, yes, it does matter because if it's getting to your baby, it's doing that much more damage to us. So. Absolutely. So what would you say, uh, you know, I imagine people listening to this are going to be at different phases along their journey. Some of them are going to be totally clean living right on board. They get it. Other people might be just starting out and it can sound maybe a little bit overwhelming. So what would you recommend um, for the listeners that, you know, what's like a quick win for them that they can maybe check an ingredient in something that they're using at home to make sure that it's the right one? Like, where would you start? Yes, that's a very good question. I have a really good blog post on this of eight ways to start doing, uh, cleaning up your home, I would say. And it, it, it really differs. So like for food, there's a whole, I would say, you know, for food, avoid any kind of seed oil. I think immediately that's a huge win. So anything, canola oil is the absolute worst offender. It's highly processed, highly inflammatory, can contain trans fats. Um, we have been conditioned to fear fat and we should not be afraid of it. Fat doesn't cause fat and fat actually really supports our hormones. So good quality fat like ghee, grass-fed butter, um, olive oil, avocado oil, those are all really great fats and that's what we should be cooking with. So food-wise, that, get rid of seed oil. Um, as far as cleaning, I mean, I, honestly, the number one ingredient, like I mentioned, is fragrance. So when you're looking at, mm -hmm. it's, it's tricky with cleaning products, there's a whole list of 
ingredients that you want to avoid and then that are separate and um, specific to cleaning products opposed to, to um, beauty products. Um, but fragrance is in candles, cleaning products, laundry detergent, uh, dryer sheets are really surprisingly one of the most toxic things you can have in your house. So fragrance is my answer for that. And then, you know, more specifically, um, there's a number of things. So a lot like in terms of skincare, um, PEGs are really popular in a lot of products. So avoiding, you'll see, it'll say PEG 50 or PEG in another number, avoiding PEGs and, um, any kind of paraben as well, which a lot of products have been phasing those out, but those are, those are my, my top ones I would look to avoid. And we'll link to your blog article in the show notes. So if anyone's interested in getting a chance to review that, we'll definitely link to that. Um, so now I just want to kind of bring it all together and tie it into, I mean, there's so much amazing information that you're sharing with us. Um, how can we actually use beauty um, and skincare and whatever, whatever beauty rituals that means to you? Um, how do we use beauty as a ritual? Yeah, I think there's a few layers to it. And I think it's like I was saying with the energy of the food, even the energy of products that we're bringing into our home. So that are more pure and clean. I think there's just going to be, um, we're going to feel better using them. Um, for me personally, I'm not someone who wears a full face of makeup every day, but there is such a every morning just waking up and what it's, it's actually hilarious how much I thoroughly enjoy my ritual of skincare now because I didn't and I truly do. It's, it's three minutes of self-care that I get in the morning and at night. And it, it really affects the way I feel. And I, I think there actually is a lot to it. And there's a lot you can do while you're doing your um, skincare ritual too. Um, something my mom always says is to look in the mirror every morning and say, I love you, Tessa. You know, and it's funny just bringing in a cute ritual or not cute, but significant, but lighthearted something you can do while you're doing your skincare uh, ritual. But um, I, I really enjoy doing my my cleanser and my serum and my mask and my lotion. It, it truly, I, I feel better after I do it. And I would say that too. I, I don't think anyone needs makeup to be beautiful, but especially when I'm home a lot and, you know, I work, I work from home and just putting on mascara and putting on a little concealer, it makes me feel a lot better. It makes me just feel a little more put together. And I think there is, there is a lot in the ritual of that too. And then at, at night, just winding down. It's part of slowing down, getting ready for bed, getting, you know, shifting your focus to calming down, slowing down. I, I also love my nighttime ritual of my, you know, taking off my makeup if I have it and just washing my face and even massaging it. I really try and massage. I use face oils a lot. And so massaging them into your skin also kind of just brings your, your mind to your face and your skin. And, um, just bringing mindfulness into the practice too, I think is, is wonderful. Yeah. It's almost like instead of it being like a chore or something that you kind of rush through, like, Oh, I just got to wash my face really quick and like jump into bed. It's, it's almost the invitation to making it kind of a little bit more of a, a sacred time. 
for us in the morning or in the evening. Um, I think that that's such a beautiful invitation. And I remember, I think I I shared this on another episode, but I remember um, traveling with my mom once and we were in the bathroom together and we were taking off our makeup and she's there like delicately patting her face and taking her mascara off and just like in this whole zone. And I'm there and I'm like scrubbing my face, like literally scrubbing. And she like looks over at me, Amber, what are you doing? Like you need to be gentle with your skin. And and it was just that little moment of awareness of, oh, you're right. And, and like I slowed down. And I think that that's just another kind of theme to in our conversation today, which is, you know, how are you slowing down? And how are you being mindful about the food you're buying at the grocery store and bringing home? How are you slowing down while you're eating with your family? And then how are you slowing down at the end of the night to take your makeup off? And, and I guess I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Like, if somebody's listening to this going, yeah, right. Like, I have no time. Like, I have no time to slow down. Like, what would we say to them? I would say choose one thing a day that you can make the time for because it truly takes 30 seconds to do, you know, wash your face or, um, and, and I know too, it's so easy at the end of the night, especially if I'm just wearing mascara to say, oh, I'm going to skip my routine and hop into bed. But if you can just take 30 seconds to prioritize yourself and your skin, if it's important to you and if it, if it's a goal of yours that you say, I want to do it, but I just don't have time. Just choose one thing. You don't have to do the four, five steps that I do. Just choose one step. Even if it's just cleansing and lotion, you know, just, just doing that one thing to make yourself feel better and take care of your skin. I love that. And thank you. Tessa. That's such a great invitation and it takes the pressure off, right? It's just yeah. one thing, you know, um, we all have long to-do lists. We don't want to make this any more burdensome, but it's a, just a beautiful invitation. And um, if anybody is interested, Tessa has offered a very generous, beautiful gift to our listeners. Um, one lucky winner will actually get a personalized skincare consultation, which sounds amazing to me, um, as well as a $50 gift card to Beauty Counter. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, you can just leave a comment down here on the page and we will select one lucky winner. So thank you for that generous offer. Yes, of course. I'm happy to introduce people to cleaner skincare and makeup that I, I really believe in and it works amazing, which is the most important uh, perk of it to me. Absolutely. So Tessa, if there's anything else kind of on your heart or any final like message that you think needs to be shared today if there's anything that we didn't get to cover um um i i think it's just don't be i i think when we get overwhelmed with things we kind of go into paralysis and so my goal of of i'm i'm working on launching programs i'm on instagram and i'm doing blogs i have a website my goal is to help you so if you're saying i know i want to make these changes, but I have no idea where to start. I have so many resources. I truly try to make it practical, just small little things you can change in your day and they build up and they make a difference. You don't have to overhaul everything overnight, but like, you know, if you're really feeling called to say, yes, I would like to make some of these changes. Um, please follow me, look at my website. Nothing makes me happier than 
guiding people to safer products. I get messages all the time. Hey, can you look at this product and tell me if it's good or not? And I'm happy to do that. And I'll say, and just for the future, look, look at these ingredients. This is what you want to avoid. This is what you know is good. So, um, I think that's just it. Don't be overwhelmed. I'm here to help people. I love, um, seriously, nothing makes me happier. Just guiding people to purchasing and understanding how to bring safer products and into their home and create a more, you know, we can never be truly non-toxic, but um, a safer, more low-tox household. Amazing. Well, and I know you've definitely been a great resource for me. So thank you for all of the wisdom that you've already shared. And I can't wait to work with you more in the future. So thank you, Tessa, so much for um, your time today, your energy, and all the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.